0: Welcome to podcast episode number 370 of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I'm super excited to have on the show my friend Jason Hartman. And Jason is uh, with the Empowered Investor. He's the host of the Creating Wealth Show. And for the past 17 years, he's been helping people buy properties nationwide. He also owns his own properties in 11 different states. And we are going to talk about the real estate market. We're going to talk about the economy. A lot of people feel like, Things are not making sense right now i'm getting a lot of questions around the outlook for 2021 is this a good time to invest in real estate for short-term rentals that's what we're going to talk about so jason welcome to the show hey jasper
1: thanks it's great to be here and i gotta tell you i know there are the naysayers out there and people who think what they want to think but the indicators right now are pretty bullish i think we're going to have another just a banner year uh, there is a, a major shortage of housing. Uh, building material costs are skyrocketing. Biden wants to do this fifteen thousand dollars first time buyer tax credit, and all that means is it's going to push prices up fifteen thousand dollars. It's, it's a terrible idea, but you know it's going to happen probably. Uh, so there, there are, we have a lot of uh, wind at our back right now.
0: Awesome, and uh, you know one thing that I learned from you—you when well, you did a training uh, in the Short Term Rental Legends Mastermind—and what you pointed out was that even though real estate prices are really high right now, the affordability is actually very good because the interest rates are so low. Right. Um, that I found was uh, was really interesting. But let's dive in a little bit more about in the real estate market, the economy. The questions that I get a lot from people is like, "Hey, we just went through this." crisis in 2020 where we saw in in one quarter i think we had a record drop in in gdp in gross domestic product you know people can't work. And there's there's so much going on. But if you look at the real estate market, you look at the stock market, it seems like everything is, is just fine. Everything is on record levels. So how do we make sense of all of this? And, and yeah. what can we expect?
1: Good question. So first off, when you create a whole bunch of money, trillions of dollars out of thin air, you can force anything to happen right Uh, and that's what governments and central banks around the world have been doing and uh it has buoyed the stock market the real estate market the crypto market like every asset class is just pretty much booming right and in terms of GDP declining and unemployment uh, skyrocketing. What we have to realize, Jasper, is that this is a very uneven situation. It is a wealth transfer. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, the divide is getting wider. That is a terrible thing. It is really bad for society. I personally like an environment where there's a large middle class, because crime isn't a huge problem. You don't have to worry about a revolution. People are happy. And that's the America I think that was so great of the past. And, you know, of course I'm talking about America, but I'm also talking about the world because America is still the biggest economy And so it has a giant influence around the world. Uh, I wasn't born in America, I was born in Europe. uh, And I've traveled around the world. I've been to 87 countries. So I try to have a really, you know, macro view of things. But of course, the US economy is the main player. So you know, that's what we're Probably going to be talking about a lot. So it's a very uneven recovery, if you will. You know, certain people in the service sector have been hit really hard and other people in the information jobs, they're doing very well. Uh, They're able to work remotely. They're starting businesses. The business startup rate uh, last year was the highest it's been in well over a decade. Uh, So a lot of people have used this time in quarantines and lockdowns to learn new skills, to start a business, to reevaluate their life. People have uh, been saving money. They haven't been spending that much, obviously, because they're not traveling. They're not going out so much. And uh, uh, it's just a really interesting time, frankly. Uh, So, you know, the Chinese have uh, a symbol for crisis and that symbol is the same as the symbol for opportunity. And when you translate it literally, it means crisis is an opportunity riding the dangerous wind. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because every crisis does bring with it lots of opportunities and that's no secret now. Everybody's seen it play out. They're seeing it play out firsthand uh, over many months now, but back in February or March, that was <laughs> that was a big secret, right? And uh, and so here we are. And when I presented to your mastermind group, by the way, you just have a great mastermind group. I really enjoyed meeting your people and talking to your people. A bunch of very bright minds, people that are doing big things and and doing great things in the short term rental industry. You know, I highly recommend mastermind groups. Uh, that's they they've changed my life. I've been mem- a member of many of them over the years, and really important thing to be around like-minded people who are going places and doing bigger things than you because it expands all of our thinking. So uh, that was really great. And we can talk about that presentation if you want or wherever you want to take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's interesting what you're saying, right? Because you're saying the the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. and, and, And that's because essentially the people who have like hard assets, the people who own homes, who own other type of assets, maybe land or or, or bitcoins or, or shares in the in, in the stock markets. Those those assets are growing up in price. So if you if you don't own anything, then you you're kind of like left behind. Is is that what you're saying?
1: Sadly, that is true. Look at when I I call him my second favorite economist. Okay, there was an economist in the old days. His name was Richard Cantillion. He popularized or Someone popularized what's called the Cantillion Effect. Okay. And the Cantillion Effect basically describes this idea that the people closest to the money get the most of it. So, whenever there's uh, money printing by governments and central banks, you know, who gets it first? The banksters, Wall Street, the government, the politicians, the people closest to the money, right? And as real estate investors, uh, we sadly, don't have the privilege that the Wall Street crooks and the banksters, uh, you know, that's banker with a bankster like mobster <laughs> that's the, the joke if you if you don't get it i just want to make sure people get that so the banksters the wall street crooks and the crooked politicians you know they're close to the money so they find a way to take advantage of it first right and so they get the biggest the biggest profit off of the money printing and the stimulus packages and that kind of stuff but second in line really normal people can position themselves that way because real estate investors have some very, very unique opportunities. I coined a phrase many, many years ago, I actually trademarked it, and it's called inflation induced debt destruction. I know it's a mouthful, say that 10 times fast. Inflation induced debt destruction or IIDD for short maybe. And what that basically means, Jasper, is that it's the hidden wealth creator that real estate investors take advantage of whether they know it or not. And it enriched tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people over the last many decades. And what it basically does is when we take out a mortgage, we get this fantastic three decade long fixed rate mortgage. Most people consider they'll, you know, almost everybody will say, hey, real estate is a great hedge against inflation. And the reason they say that is because real estate is a commodity. In fact, a house, you know, you look around, you see the walls behind me, right? And uh, a house is made of ingredients. And I call this packaged commodities investing, another one of my trademark terms, packaged commodities investing, because all it really is, is a bunch of concrete, lumber, steel, copper wire, petroleum products, energy, Glass, you know, these are all the ingredients of any house, right? And these commodities are traded on the market. But when we're real estate investors, we buy these in a packaged fashion. And if we were to go to the commodities exchange, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, for example, or any other exchange around the world, we could buy these commodities, or we could buy soybeans or coffee beans or, you know, a bunch of other commodities too, or pork bellies, right? All these things. But we wouldn't get to finance them with three decade long fixed rate debt at artificially low interest rates. In the US, since the Great Depression, real estate has been subsidized by the government through Fannie Mae, and then later Freddie Mac. And uh, these government sponsored entities basically provide us the opportunity to get these artificially low fake interest rates on mortgages. And the interest rates are below the rate of real inflation, not published inflation, but real inflation, and we get to pay them back in cheaper dollars in the future. So just think about it this way to make it really simple. I mean, I've got charts and graphs and on my podcast, I've taken hours to dive into this deep, right? But just simply understand this, right? If over the next, I mean, everybody argues about what the real rate of uh, inflation is, okay? But there is some inflation. It's not extremely high right now, but there is some. So say, for example, over the next three years or five years or one year or whatever you believe, doesn't matter, but say that 10% inflation occurs, okay? Time period, optional, right? Think whatever you want, but there's 10% inflation and you've got $1 million in mortgages out there on your properties okay now the properties since they're packaged commodities they will go up right around the rate of inflation usually okay or maybe a little better than inflation okay so that's fine that's your hedge against inflation but the real opportunity comes in paying back the mortgage in cheaper dollars because if we have 10 percent inflation And then basically inflation, you know, we might still owe $1 million in mortgages, right? But really we got a $100,000 or 10% discount on those mortgages because in real dollars adjusted for inflation, we only paid back $900,000. And over the course of time, that gets further and further debased by inflation. See, people need to understand that inflation destroys purchasing power. It's an insidious hidden tax that destroys the value of stocks, bonds, and savings. But thankfully, it also destroys the value of debt. And that, my friend, is a wonderful, wonderful, mostly hidden to most people, wealth creator. And it it makes real estate a very special asset
0: class. Interesting. So, um, so would would now be a good time then if if somebody's listening here and and they wanna they wanna invest in a short term rental, um, is now a good time to take out a mortgage and and buy that property and rent it out yeah. on Airbnb.
1: Yeah, good question. So I am not as much of a short term rental expert as you and Eric are, uh, your partner, but you guys do a fantastic job teaching short term rentals. So I'll leave the details of that to you. Now we do have in our network, we have one short term rental market, St. Augustine, Florida. And what I can tell you there is that has done extremely well through the (laughs) pandemic. I'm being snarky again. Okay. Pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And um, uh, that market has done extremely well. And my theory originally, when all of this first started happening, you know, maybe we'll call March the main month that it really, really sort of changed everybody's lives, is that I always thought that the best short term rental markets would be markets where people didn't have to get on an airplane, and they could drive Hope probably less than four hours drive. Okay. That's sort of a, you know, maybe the benchmark of what's a long drive versus a short, you know, a sort of little road trip, right? Four hours is the number I I sort of gave it. If they could drive four hours or less and uh, go to a place that was either lower density so uh, because density brings with it two problems. Number one, the threat and the fear of contagion of a virus, right? And, and so people don't like density. The two biggest density problems, by the way, in my opinion, are mass transit and elevators, Okay, so people want to get out of places with mass transit and elevators, because they're likely to get sick in those environments. Okay, now there are other things, but those are kind of the two main things. And then if they could drive to this place, it was lower density. Oh, and the other problem with density, by the way, is civil unrest. Most of the high density places have been affected by the riots, okay, and though, you know, broken windows and the fires and burning down buildings and, you know, throwing things at cops and Molotov cocktails and all this tragic, ridiculous violence. So if they could go to a place that was lower density, that would also offer them a vacation feeling, a truly different experience than where they lived full time. I theorized that those short term rental markets would do great. And they have, at least in St. Augustine, Florida, and from everything else I'm hearing and reading. I don't know if you'll agree with that with every market, but I kind of think you will. Uh, What do you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen the remote, the drive to destinations do really, really well in 2020, and uh, many of our our Massimo members actually had record years. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting. There's a there's a polarity right where people in the urban markets are are still struggling, but the the remote drive-through destinations are doing really well. So I think you're 100 on point there. My my question is, you know, if people are listening now and they and they're thinking about getting a mortgage buying a property in one of those markets um do you think from like looking at real estate prices and interest rates right now do you think this this trend is going to continue where people are buying homes and their their mortgages are getting inflated inflated away essentially where where the assets are are still are going up do you think that's going to continue into the future
1: Uh, Well, it depends. That's the right answer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I'll just explain. You know, we, when we look at the country or the entire world, you can divide it up, Jasper, into three types of markets, linear markets, cyclical markets, And hybrid markets. Uh, And, you know, I've been talking about this for many, many years, but just briefly, uh, a linear market is a boring market, okay? And these are the markets we like the best. If people were to go to jasonhartman.com and click on the properties page, they would see linear markets and a couple of hybrid markets, but mostly linear markets. And what that means is that if you're looking at a chart or a graph where you've got, you know, the two axis X and Y, okay, and uh, you're Looking at prices, right? And I'm just kind of doing this with my hands for those who are watching on video, but you know, if not all explain it uh, for audio only listeners. So, you know, in a linear market, the line of prices over time just kind of goes up slowly and it's just sort of boring. You know, there's little ups and downs, but they're not significant. They're not pronounced. In a cyclical market, it's the opposite. It's like a roller coaster, big ups, big big downs. And then in a hybrid market, it's in between the two as the name would imply. And so I think that uh, cyclical markets are much more risky Okay, much more risky. So I would try to be close to hybrid or linear in my my investments uh, because those are a lot less risky. They tend to be cheaper houses. They're necessity houses. Now, the only problem with this in the short-term rental market, you know, you can get much bigger premiums. And, you know, fewer properties to manage if they're more expensive properties, right? So, you know, you have to weigh these things out. I'm not talking from a short-term rental host perspective as I am from a real estate investor perspective, because the vast majority of our clients, you know, buy long-term rentals that they just want to keep forever and, and buy and hold cash flow, uh, you know, rentals. Uh, so that's the thing to think about. Uh, I hope that answers the question.
0: As a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y dot com code pad which is p a d my follow-up question would be you know right now it's really it's really affordable to to get a mortgage right we were just doing some calculations and and it's even though the real estate prices are really high it's it's actually very affordable because those interest rates are so low now when you get a mortgage you can you can choose like a, a different terms right you can do a 30 year you could do a 10 year you even have mortgages where where you're paying an interest rate that's variable so it just depends on um on the the federal funds rate right? right so you know what i think is really interesting to understand is what you were saying about those 30 year mortgages because you know 30 years from now those dollars that you have to pay back are worth so much less and, and that seems to me there, that, that there's the opportunity, right, to, to buy property, get that 30-year mortgage, take advantage of those rates, and that's how you create wealth over time.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, that is the hidden wealth creator. People have to realize that, you know, most people think, well, the property is the asset and the mortgage is the liability, but the mortgage is part of the asset. If it is a three decade long 30 year fixed rate mortgage at artificially low interest rates, the mortgage is a part of the asset. And here's a prediction for everybody. Okay. I have been predicting this for a little while now, and, uh, this is probably going to another one of my accurate predictions. I've made quite a few. One I've been very wrong about, though, I'll just tell you that up front is interest rates. (laughs) They're so manipulated. I can't predict interest rates. Okay, I don't think anybody can. But I've been very wrong on interest rates. Uh, And they've just gotten lower and lower when they should be higher and higher because, but they're so manipulated, you know, you can't, you never know what the intervention is going to be from the governments and central banks. What's going to happen in the future? And this might be something that you'll really start to see play out three years, five years, seven years from now. Nobody knows exactly when, but it's going to happen. Look, there are millions of people that are refinancing their properties. And uh, there are millions of people who are buying properties. The market is on fire. I mean, last year was an incredible year for my company helping investors buy properties nationwide. Uh, So business is very good. And what's going to happen here, if you just project this out into the future, is all of these millions and millions of people, tens of millions of people, have these ultra-low, artificially cheap, fixed-rate mortgages that you don't have to make the last payment on until 2051. Think about that. 2051. That mortgage does not end until 2051. How much will the world change by 2051? It's absolutely staggering, the changes we'll see. There's so much division in the United States, for example, the country may very well see states secede from the union. I I mean, things will change massively. Technological innovation will be unbelievable. Lifespans will likely be extended, uh, maybe dramatically. Okay, a lot of things changing. So, you pay that mortgage back in cheaper dollars, and that's wonderful. But here's the big prediction. Housing supply is going to be constrained more and more and more, because these tens of millions of people are not going to want to give up those cheap mortgages when mortgage rates, when they rise, as they must rise. We, they cannot be artificially cheap like this forever. This game that the governments and central banks around the world, especially the U.S. government, is playing, is essentially a Ponzi scheme. That you know, it defies gravity. It defies the laws of logic, physics, monetary policy, fiscal policy. It doesn't work. Okay, now nobody knows when the jig will be up. Okay, nobody knows how long they can kick the can down the road. Nobody knows how long they can defy gravity, but it cannot possibly happen forever. It's absolutely impossible. So rates will have to go up at some point. And remember, a lot of people don't realize this, but low rates are toxic to the economy. Uh, They are nonsensical. They cause malinvestment and they're really bad for older people who have saved money and done the right thing all their lives. They're really bad for pension funds. Uh, there's a huge pension crisis you know, on the horizon. And there's just a lot of, lot of bad things about low rates. So these people have these cheap mortgages and they're not gonna wanna give them up. Their family might expand in size, they might wanna move. What, what you're going to see is a boom in probably uh, the stocks of Lowe's and Home Depot and in in, uh, home remodeling, companies are going to do very well. Uh, People are going to add on to their house. They're going to improve their house, but they're going to stay put because the mortgage cannot be moved from property to property. Okay. Uh, And so that is going to constrain supply. People will move and they'll say, hey, the mortgage is so cheap on this house. Let's just keep it as a rental. Okay. So the new supply that is going to be available for future buyers is going to have to be built largely. Okay. Now certainly people will sell their houses. Not everybody will keep them. I'm just saying there will be a big motivation, a huge motivation by tens of millions of people to hold on to what they've got because that, that mortgage is there.
0: Got it. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's pretty interesting. So, so you expect interest rates to eventually go up.
1: They have to go up. I don't expect them to they must go up
0: got it i don't know when but it what, has yeah. to happen because what happens if they don't grow up
1: well then then basically the economy well the dollar as a reserve currency has to collapse mm. that mm-hmm. there's just no way you can do this and yeah. other central banks around the world and other governments around the world that can't play the game the us can play because it's the reserve currency they they are much worse off than the United States. The U.S. has the bully pulpit. that The U.S. can get away with all sorts of shenanigans that other countries cannot get away with, okay? So it's in a really privileged position. But again, nothing can defy gravity forever. You know, a plane has wings, a bird has wings, they can both fly. Eventually, the plane runs out of fuel. Eventually, the bird gets tired, okay? It cannot go on
0: forever. The last thing I want to touch on is uh, um, unemployment. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are worried that uh, we're going to see a lot of people being unemployed because of the COVID crisis. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's actually worse than COVID. Okay. So it's first off, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's very uneven. This situation is uneven. The haves are getting richer and they're doing great. Most of them right now, they're doing better you know, look, my year was great last year, your year was great last year, your listeners, if they're following uh, our advice, and they're investing in real estate, they're doing great. Okay, you know, so some people are doing great, and some aren't. And it's really a sad situation. And I think, look, we, we should all be conscious, as members of a society, not just looking out for ourselves, but looking out for the greater good. Now, that doesn't mean a bunch of stupid government welfare programs that don't work and never work and really cripple people. What it means, though, is to just be conscious and to be thinking about what's going on, okay? And to do things that create more housing availability for people, that create more capital for people. And, you know, investors do that kind of automatically, whether they want to or not, you don't have to be altruistic. It's just money has an energy about it. And, you know, it doesn't sleep money never sleeps as the saying goes, right. Uh, So it's going to do something in the economy, right. But you direct it, you can optimize it a little bit, right. So uh, that notwithstanding, it's uneven, and automation is going to make the unemployment problem even worse. Okay. So we're probably moving toward a now I've do a talk, and I've got a course on what I call pandemic investing, pandemic investing course. You can go to pandemicinvesting.com, get a free book there, uh, and learn a little bit about it, okay? Pandemicinvesting.com. And that's how to invest for a pandemic. So some of the things I talk about in there is how we are uh, quickly galloping toward more socialistic uh, governments around the world. Uh, We are going to see an expansion of rental housing assistance. either through the current Section 8 program or new programs, we're going to see a big push toward universal basic income or UBI, like it or not, it's coming. And, um, you know, I'm warming up to that idea myself as, uh, you know, I'm very libertarian in my thinking, but I think the UBI is not as bad as some people would Make it out to be. I had Andrew Yang on my podcast. He ran for president and his big platform was universal basic income. Okay. Whatever. It's complicated, but, uh, you know, that's where we're going. Uh, And we're also going toward a digital dollar or a Fed coin, as some people are calling it, a dollar cryptocurrency. And uh, other countries around the world are going to create their own digital or cryptocurrencies. Uh, So with that, uh, there are a lot of terrible things about that. It means the end of spending privacy. It means the government can really centrally manage the economy by, you know, you'll, you'll get your your allowance, your UBI on your phone, and uh, they can do things like this. I mean, it's really quite scary. You know, if hopefully everybody's read the book 1984 by George Orwell. It's a must read because it's happening, <laughs> literally. Uh, and um, one of the things they could do is they can basically say, okay, here is your monthly stipend, your universal basic income, or it could be your rental assistance just put into your account, deposited on your phone. But the rule is you have to spend it within 30 days, for example, or it expires. So they could create velocity of money artificially. Okay, this is like puppet master managing the economy, right? They could also say things like, okay, look, it's not safe for people to travel. So you can only spend it within three miles of your home. The phone has geo-tagging in it, right? So your cash might be no good when you go out of the radius that they allow you to spend it in. I mean, it's really... Pretty scary, but the um, the tyrannical leaders we have love it. They're going to love it. Okay, Joe Biden will love it. Okay, uh, you know the this uh, new Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, former Federal Reserve Chair, she's going to love it. Okay, it's 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 great for tyrannical politicians, and you know they're all that way basically. <laughs> so uh, they're going to love controlling our lives, and um, that's not going to be good. It is what it is. Well, you know, my basic philosophy, Jasper, is look, you know, we can disagree all we want with everything that's happening and a lot of it is awful. Okay? Philosophically, I hate it. But look, I'm not going to be able to do anything about it i'm just one person you're just one person you know what we need to do with our investment strategy is align our interests with the most powerful forces the human race has ever known what are the most powerful forces the human race has ever known governments and central banks they're the most powerful forces on earth and we want to just align our interests with theirs and that pervades all of my investment philosophies align your interests with the powers that be.
0: That's a that's a powerful statement. I love that. And you know, what people say a lot is, "Don't fight the Fed."
1: Yep, right. don't fight the Fed. Right. Or, or another saying is, "Never bet against the Fed." Right.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, thank you for sharing your your thoughts and ideas. I'm sure uh, it will provoke a lot of people to uh, to start thinking about the future and uh and, and their best strategies especially when it comes to real estate investing so um definitely appreciate your uh your opinion your vision and, and your thoughts um before uh, i let you go um if people want to know more about you or what you're offering uh where can they go
1: Two places. My main website is jasonhartman.com, just my name, Jason, and then H A R T M A N dot com. For the free book I mentioned, that's pandemicinvesting.com. And you can get that free book and learn about pandemic investing there. It's a totally free book. There's no pay for shipping or no credit cards. It's it's just completely free. You'll get it instantly uh as a PDF file. So uh, pandemicinvesting.com or jasonhartman.com. And I, I want to also say that Look, income property is the most historically proven asset class in the entire world. Whether it's long-term rentals like we specialize in or short-term rentals like you specialize in, uh, either way, it's income property and it's the most historically proven asset class in the world and it's also the most tax-favored asset class in America and taxes are the single largest expense in our lives. And with a Biden-Harris administration, they're bound to be a much higher expense. So you want to get tax-favored assets in your portfolio as much as possible.
0: Awesome. Great advice. Thank you for for coming on the show, uh, Jason. This is awesome. And uh, to the listeners, thank you for listening or watching on YouTube. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. Happy investing, everybody. Bye-bye.
1: Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your for your paid for your pet. Get paid for your, pet. Get paid for your
0: pet. if you have over 30 units you have an annual revenue of over 2 million dollars or you operate boutique hotels then the SCR legend mastermind is for you You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.